This episode of the HR Chat Podcast is supported by Move Forward. Move Forward, presented by Career Beacon, is an event for existing and aspiring people leaders to inspire change, adaptation, and progress in our new world of work. Join us on May 25th in the beautiful city of Halifax, Nova Scotia to see experts speak such as talent acquisition specialist, Tim Sackett and diversity and inclusion strategist, Torin Ellis. Tickets are selling fast, so don't wait, get your early bird tickets today at moveforward.ca. That's movefwd.ca. Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And joining me on this episode is Lou Chu, culture and relationships coach and consultant over at Lou Chu Coaching and Consultancy. Lou is also a speaker at the upcoming Disrupt HR Norwich, happening on January 11th. As an existentialist coach, Lou works with clients to better understand their identities and values and their impact on their relationships and work. Hey, Lou, welcome to the show today. Hi, Bill. Thank you so much for having me. So listeners, Lou and I met in person for the very first time just a couple of days ago. Um, I was a bit of an idiot and I went to the wrong place, but eventually we found each other and, and it was great. And um, I very much wanted to get Lou on the show and have a bit of a chit chat. And uh, Lou's involved as a speaker at the Disrupt HR Norwich on Jan 11th, which uh, uh, the HR Gazette is co-organizing. And so, frankly, this is also an opportunity to share that message with you guys. Um, Lou, beyond my wee introduction there, why don't you start by taking a minute or two, introducing yourself and telling our listeners about the mission of Luchu Coaching and Consultancy. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Bill. Um, so... I don't even know where to start with the mission. Uh, It keeps changing, but uh, for my coaching practice, uh, so I'm based in the UK and have had my practice for just over three years now. And it was an amazing opportunity to take what I had learned from my long career working in further and higher education and combine it with this geekiness that I have with sociology and philosophy And so I find out later uh, that it might have been an ADHD trait that I decided I was going to set up my uh, practice and start my master's all at the same time. This was 2019 and it's been the roller coaster that it has been very much the mission of um, my practice is just trying to put a bit more good out into the world and I think that starts with ourselves and understanding what makes us us and what that contributes to the relationships that we have in our environment whether that's within work within our interests um, or the actual physical environments or digital spaces that we hold and so yeah that takes an takes the form of one-to-one or team coaching and also whole range of fun consultancy and research projects and so I'm a consulting fellow for helping um, a um, consultancy that looks at education and charities and I'm also a 
a team member of a team coaching studio. So I'm part of their EDI group and their research team. So I keep myself busy. Are you looking to modernize your HR platform or integrate with an off-the-shelf technology? Are you focusing on the tech needs of your HR team to make them future ready? Whatever your needs may be, an HR technology partner can help you understand your requirements better. Harbinger is a leader in HR tech with decades of experience in providing HR solutions to enterprises and HR product companies. Learn more at harbingergroup.com. Okay, so when you and I met up for that for that coffee, when I finally rocked up there, probably about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes late. Um, You're worth um, the wait, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lou. Thank you very much. Um, you you spoke to me about the concept of allyship. Mm-hmm. I, I wondered if perhaps you can start there for our listeners. Can can you can you tell them what you mean by by this idea of allyship and how you employ that within the work that you do? Brilliant. Yes. So allyship is an area that I've been specialising in the past two years. And there are certain core components for how I use allyship with when I'm working with clients. One of them is um, a shared assumption that systems of oppression exist. And so what I mean by systems of oppression are those historical belief systems that by design benefit one group over others. So I'm referring to things like how patriarchy is designed for men how uh, colonialism and white supremacy is designed for the benefit of white communities um you know classism ageism that kind of thing that's that's what i mean by systems of oppression and so if we acknowledge that they exist then everybody is impacted by them it's just that we might experience them differently from someone else based on whether those systems were designed for us or not And so my experience of the world as a woman of colour is going to be different. And, you know, we kind of shared this when we met in person, Bill, you know, how that might have been different from your experiences both here in the UK and when you've been travelling around and and in Canada and all of those weird and wonderful things. And so with how those systems of oppression are not so considerate and show up one at a time, um, they, you know, they show up all together and so we have this idea of intersectionality where the different aspects those complex bits of our experiences our decisions our upbringing our relationships it's that unique combination that makes us us that makes this compl- this complicates the relationship that we have on the world because of those different systems of oppression that are in play at any time and so that kind of gives you the background of why allyship um, for me is important what allies do specifically is people who are trying to make those changes, whether big or small, and they take on that moral courage um, to challenge those systems of oppression. And so that can be anything from small behaviours, you know, disrupting unhelpful language or behaviours that we see from people around us, whether um, right through to influencing and lobbying for for change whether that's within our workplace or whether that's within our kind of geographical location or or digital communities and the thing that is specific here from maybe when we um you know listening to to other episodes of your podcast 
I think what's different from the broader aspect of DEI is that allies do this work for communities or with communities that they don't belong to. And so I am of Chinese heritage. Um, and so when I'm supporting things like Black Lives Matters, that's me being an ally as opposed to when I am um, proactively representing myself for um, the British-born Chinese community, for example. Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR in Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast. So what are, what are some of the pitfalls that you find when people, you know, people are practicing allyship? Where can it go wrong? What, 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 are, what, are, what are some of those? Maybe you've got a couple of um, anecdotes you want to share with us. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the uh, the phrasing that you use there, Bill, what can go wrong. That's usually the main reason why people, especially for the, the communities that I've worked with, that's the big fear of why they don't do anything at all. And so, you know, there's this responsibility for allies of we should do something and then you know as individuals we go well you know I don't know what I'm supposed to do or what if I look like I'm you know throwing my weight in for something that I'm not involved in or that I don't understand more about and so those fears and those um, hesitations can prevent us from intervening in a way that could be really important and in some cases life-changing for somebody who is experiencing that type of prejudice or discrimination and so when I start working with allies, um, you know, early in their in their journey, they, the first thing that we do is that we then start to look at what the what those fears are and how do we overcome them. Um, for most people that I work with, they want to do good <laughs> and then they're told that they're not doing it well or they're using the wrong phrase. And it just it can be very divisive. And, um, you know, when we're talking about political identity or politics identity and so this idea of when maybe I'm not doing the right thing and then when we look at other ways that we have seen allyship um, play out in our kind of social consciousness in the media allyship is getting a pretty bad rap at the moment and rightfully so (laughs) because we see big marketing um, campaigns and global brands that run their you know run their amazing campaigns and use all of the artifacts and rainbow flags everywhere and and all of those things and then actually you look at how they you look at how they they do the work that they do the choices they make the policies that they have in place and actually isn't inclusive and so that's where this narrative around performative allyship has been given um this particular type of work a bad name because it's so easy to be seen to be doing the right thing. And so what I try and help clients do is understand our motivations for why we're trying to do these things. Are we actually trying to um, change and challenge these systems of oppression? Or are we doing it because that's trendy right now? Are we doing it because we've signed a policy around our corporate social responsibility? And so we should do that. And so being able to understand what motivates us can help us overcome some of those pitfalls 
um, and accusations around performative allyship, doing being seen to be doing the right thing rather than actually going through that hard process of introspection and learning and unlearning and relearning. They're, they're the kind of main things. There's there's a lot there, um, which is why I enjoy my job. <laughs> what a great way to wrap up that answer, which is why I enjoy my job. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so as I mentioned in the intro, you will be presenting one of the five-minute talks at the Disrupt HR Norwich event happening on January 11th. I'm going to be uh, one of the co-hosts along with the awesome Julie Bishop of Job Hop. Can you now take a couple of minutes, um, which is pretty funny really given that the whole talk is only five minutes, but can you take <laughs> a couple of minutes <laughs> and uh, tell our listeners about the session and some of the hoped-for takeaways? Yeah, it's uh, been a real challenge preparing for that workshop because it's um, a very quick introduction to allyship. Um, and so it's it's taken inspiration from my usual session that I start with when I'm working with clients, which is making sense of allyship, which is about 25 minutes, if I speak really quickly, comfortably 45 minutes. And so um, I'll be doing a super condensed version in the five minute presentation January um it's going to be acting as a springboard for those um words that I think we hear a lot particularly if you're within the EDI space or you're new in the EDI space um but people kind of talk about it as if it's known and so my hope for um the audience the participants of um, the session in January is to walk away feeling a bit more confident that they've nailed some of that jargon and they understand what allyship is and what they might be able to do with it. Well, sounds brilliant. Uh, all the sessions are going to be recorded, by the way, listen, and they're going to be shared on the Disrupt HR website after the event. So you'll be able to check them out there. Please do check them out there. We'd appreciate it. Um, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be good fun. We've got 14 plus speakers. Uh, so lots of content and we're going to have loads of networking and lots of chit chats and get to know everybody. Um, so if you happen to be in the Norwich area, please, please do come along. Uh, I know the vast majority of this audience are certainly not in the Norwich area, but for those who are, please, <laughs> please, please come along. It'd be nice to meet you. Um, hey, before we wrap things up today, Lou, how mm -hmm. can our listeners connect with you and learn more about the Lutu coaching and consultancy? I am always happy for people to reach out and find out a bit more about what I'm doing. But more specifically, if there's an, an area that you want to explore with me, the best way is either uh, if you want to contact me directly, uh, you can email me at hello at luchu.com. Um, I know that all of these will be linked into the show notes in case anybody worries about spelling my name wrong, because that happens sometimes. Um, my website is luchu.com, nice and easy. Um, you'll be able to find out what I'm up to if I'm doing any training events or hosting any open forums. Uh, I'm looking to do that in 2023. So I'm very excited about opening those out. Um, if you are on social media, my preference is LinkedIn. I am on other platforms, but a little bit more lazily than, um, yeah, than people might expect me to be. LinkedIn is, is where I'm most active. 
Yeah, and LinkedIn is where most of the HR cool kids hang out as well, frankly. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> start there and then, and then go from there, listeners. Um, okay, Lou, that just leaves me to say that I think you're great. And we've only just met, but we, we live fairly close together, or close, sorry, close to each other, or at least I, I do part of the time. Um, I know that you travel lots, but when we are in the same locale, I would love to go for another coffee with you. Um, we'll plan ahead so I don't get lost next time. <laughs> but, but for today for today uh, that just leaves me to say thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the hr chat show thank you so much for having me it's been a lot of fun thank you bill and listeners as always until next time happy working thanks for listening to this episode of the hr chat podcast there are hundreds of conversations with business experts available for free on the HR Gazette website, Apple, Spotify, and all the main platforms. And remember to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Are you looking for even more helpful podcast content focused on the world of work? Then check out the People and Performance Show. Produced in partnership with the HR Gazette, each episode features well-known industry experts sharing their insights into the strategic competencies, behaviors and results needed to increase the performance of employees. Tune in and get a better handle on the stages of workforce planning you need to master, in order to guarantee long-term success in a rapidly changing world of work. Learn more and listen at pp-pod.com.